Hello, welcome again to another Light and Love broadcast show here with Pastor Deborah through Restream. We're starting another lesson, another teaching about what is love. That's right. This is going to be episode number six. We're at the third Friday of March already of 2022. But this is going to be part number three of what is love. Mm -hmm. Kind of gets confusing, but it's not really. We're going to review what we've been working through. But before we do that, I want to welcome everybody to this live broadcast show. Now, you know, I pre-recorded it. I can still do the live with your chats. We're using Restream to do that. And if you'll notice, I have this wonderful motion video behind me. It's from Pixabay. And I'm recording in Zoom. Now, you know I don't use a green screen. See my hair up there? You can actually see part of my living room is where I'm at behind me. And every once in a while, my hand sort of just disappears off into the motion video. I've tried many different kinds of green screens, and I don't like any of them. So please just put up with my hair in the background coming through, if you don't mind. In this Light and Love broadcast show, coming from Agape Love, Love is Here's Global Teaching Ministry, we are working our way through two words, light and love. We're alternating. On the first Friday of every month, we talk about the word light, L-I-G-H-T, what it is, what it means. And we'll keep doing that on the first Friday of each month till the end of the year. Then on the third Friday, which we are here today, we're working through the word, what is love, L-O-V-E. Many people have many different concepts of both and ideas and principles. And when you are a teacher, you have to get us all on the same page, so to speak, with the same ideas. So Pastor Deborah is a spiritual teacher to help you understand these words in a spiritual context. That means for your spirit, the forever person, that part of you that is in your dirt body. Usually it's sunk way deep down inside your soul. But when your physical body gives way to death, a part of you lives on. You hear about it through near-death experiences, people dying and they see their spirit person leaving. That's the one I'm talking to. Mm -hmm. The world out there and all your other teachers and information talk to the soul. Now, there is some other creatures in the realm of the spirit that are ugly and nasty. And until you have a new birth through believing in agape love and apply its forgiveness to your spirit, you belong in that kingdom of darkness and ignorance where 
the fear of death rule you and you have a horrible Lord over you. I like to relate him to something we all know, the Lord of the Rings. That Lord, his name is Satan, the adversary of God. He is like Lord Sauron, the great eye in the land of Mordor. He desires to serve and no one. And he has a whole kingdom of evil and creatures and people working to take over all of Middle Earth again. Mm -hmm. It's a wonderful story that was written by a Christian man. That's right. But today, in this part number three of What is Love, episode number six, we're going to work through some scriptures we had been working through. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all you have brought here to this lesson today, this teaching of what is love. Father, you desire for them to know, to have truth and light that will help set themselves and their spirit and soul free of the slavery to ignorance. So Father, help us to hear your words, understand your words, to implant your words. Father, you hinder any scrambler of your words that might change them. Help us, Father. We need all you can give us. In the name of Christ Jesus, amen. Okay? We were working in a scripture, Romans 13, 1 through 12. This was an apostle named Paul that was writing this to the believers in Rome. Paul had been a Jewish scholar, had gone to Bible school, sort of speak, was educated all in the Old Testament. He had been an adversary of this Christ Jesus because Jesus was making a mess of the religion that the Jewish people had established through traditions of men and culture from the flesh of the Old Testament. Well, he had an experience with this risen Christ Jesus on his road to Damascus. The bright light that's brighter than this showed up, knocked him to the ground, blinded him for three days. And then a young man came to him, prayed healing for him. And during those three days, God must have been talking to him. Because when he could see again, he could see Christ in the Old Testament. But God still had to teach him more. He had to take him off by himself off into the sands and the deserts of Arabia. And God opened up the Old Testament to him and showed him Christ Jesus, the prophetic words, his coming, and showed him that this young man that went to a cross, and his name was Jesus, the Christ, was the fulfillment of the Old Testament. So he now is working for this Christ Jesus. He's writing to Rome. 
They had some believers in it. And he wanted to explain some things a little deeper. So Paul was writing. We were up to verse number. I'm going to kind of do a quick review of one, verse 1 through 2. Then we went to uh, Titus. And in the letter of Titus of 3, 1 through 7, Paul was writing to Titus, who was in Crete. Titus was considered his spiritual son, sort of a helper and a worker there in Crete. So let's pick up at verse 3 through 8, okay? And then we'll get back to Romans. The review I want to do covers this. Number one, all believers, Paul said, are to speak the same thing, be of the same mind. Number two, that there was to be no division in speech, in ideas, in concepts or principles or thoughts and actions, so that they could show the perfect unity of Christ and his Father, and that they were in that system. As Christ had said, the Father is in me, I am in him. We are one. His words are my words. My words are his words. We work together. We are in unity. We are the same. We have the same mind and heart. And so Paul was trying to also remind Titus, you remind the believers about this pattern that they are to develop with Christ Jesus and his father and among themselves. Number three, they were to be in the same type of judgment. Christ Jesus didn't judge with his natural eyes. These. He looked with his eyes of his spirit, and the eyes of agape love, to determine why somebody did what they did, what their purpose was, who was ruling and guiding them spiritually. And he says, you do the same thing. Number four, we were not to repay any man, any human, evil for evil. We were not to do anything, say anything for somebody doing evil. We were not to hate them. Number five, we were to provide things, ideas, words, deeds, honestly in the sight of all men. A lot of people give, so you will see them giving and think that they are good. They have ulterior motives for their giving. Maybe just to lower their income taxes so they give money. Maybe so you will think them kind when really it's all fake. It's not coming from their heart for the right reasons. Number six, in the letter from Paul to Titus, he was saying, to one's best abilities, all believers were to live peaceably with all humanity. Now, that's got to be hard to do. Back in those days, the Romans were trying to kill them and crucify them. There was also a lot of Islamic believers and other pagans. And there was war over who 
was your God? Who were you praying to? There was wars on the temples. That's right. Mm -hmm. So he is saying as best as you can, live peaceably with all of humanity. Number seven, do not avenge oneself, but give place to anger. When something happens to you, a word is said, an action is done, you're stolen, don't repay and respond in anger. Because God says, vengeance is mine. I will take care of this, says the Lord God of Israel. For he says, I will repay you for what was stolen, taken, done to you, says the Lord. We're not to do it. We're to love. No matter what happens. Number eight, feed your enemy if they are hungry. Now, a lot of people do that. But he's meaning a different kind of feeding, spiritual feeding. When somebody hurts you, say, I love you anyway. No matter what you do, my love will not stop. You can kill me, cut you. I love you with the love of Christ. I love you. That is feeding the hungry spiritually. If he's thirsty for words of love, peace, and hope, give him the living water to drink. Now, a lot of people interpret that, give him water, which is true. And many people are called to give earthly food and earthly water. Pastor Deborah is called to give you spiritual water. Mm-hmm truth and light and love for your spirit. And Paul goes on to Titus and says, by doing this, you are offering up to the very source of agape love, forgiveness for these people, love, mercy, prayers and petitions to help them, that this God will help them. To not only deal with their anger and their hurt and their fear, but to extend his mercy of love and grace to the ones who have hurt them. Your heart should always be one of love. Even from your persecuted life, you should say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, this is your work of love and mercy. Help them. Forgive them. Love them, Father, as you have loved me. Doesn't matter what has happened to you or your ancestors. Love does that. Number nine. Paul tells Titus, be not overcome by and through evil. But instead, you overcome evil with good, with love forgiveness, and mercy. Reach out to those that do evil, wicked things, that do bullying, that hurt you and abuse you. Love is the answer and the victor. It's very hard to do. My story is I had to love people who were trying to kill me, bring scissors down and to stab me in my own home. I had to love people who poisoned me, who wanted me dead, to stop loving 
Satanist. Now, you cannot love the evil, wicked spirits of Satan. They are unredeemable. The reason is they knew the truth about all of this. And they chose to try to usurp it and become the king, the rulers of heaven. They got cast down here to us. But we are to help humanity by forgiving them. Doesn't matter if they're a corrupt politician. We're to love them. Some of them do what they do out of fear, jealousy, and greed. That's their soul. And their spirit is trapped in a prison of the veil of darkness and flesh, slaves to corruption, lies and deceit, and the fear and hopelessness. And we are to look with the eyes of Christ at their spirit, not their soul, their spirit, and see its condition. Then Paul tells us that all men need to be subject to and obey the higher powers. Hmm. Not the powers of men or powers of earthly law or democracies or communism or socialism or tradition or re earthly religion. For there is no power but of God. They are him and of him they are decreed they are laws, and they are eternal. Number two, he tells us that anyone who resists, disobeys, does not obey this power of God, agape, love, he's talking about, is resistant to ordinances, to powers, and love of God. He is resisting God when you do not love the enemy, when you cannot forgive and let go. So many victims of abuse continue to say, I've been a victim. They tell their story, but, and they go over it and over it, and they can't get over it. God says, if you are in me, you are a new creature. None of that happened to you. That all went to the cross, and they're still living out of their soul, out of the old them. Pastor Deborah went through this. You go read my story. It's time. Jan died. Deborah arose, which had always been there. And Deborah had to learn how to put Jan in a coffin and send it to the sea of forgetfulness. But I was tested by Satan to try to bring Jan back alive. When that did not work, he goes after Deborah. All of these victims of abuse, they, they want that identity. God says, I've forgiven you. You are clean and pure. You're not that person anymore. But Christians stay in that. They need to learn how to tell their story as if it happened to somebody else. And then they can talk about their resurrection, born again, brand new. But they can't do that. Mm -hmm. They write books. And they just continue in that victim mentality. They're still in their soul. Number three. 
When one disobeys God's law of love, they will heap to themselves damnation, death, and curse. Continuing to be a victim of abuse is a curse. It brings horrible thoughts and nightmares, memories, physical problems. You get triggered by people telling their stories over and over from a first person. It triggers other people. They need to, if they're Christian, they need to go, yes, that happened to the old me. The new me never happened. I'm not a victim. Never happened to me. There's some faint memories somewhere, but God doesn't want me to remember them. I'm a new creature in Christ. Paul sends us to another letter he wrote to his spiritual son, Titus. And when we were reading to Titus, we learned some things. This is Titus 2, 15 and 3, 1 through 7. We learn, number one, help all believers be reminded to obey all of God's righteous laws, to be subject to his principalities, his powers, and to obey the laws of God, to be ready to do every good and righteous work. Do you know just obeying God by loving your neighbor is a righteous work of God? He loved us. Now, we were a mess, but he didn't give up on us. He would send voices, prophets, and tell us, turn back, turn back, come back to me. Okay, I'll send somebody to help you in the fullness of time. He's coming, he's coming. And that happened to be Christ Jesus. Number two, speak evil of no person, Paul is telling Titus, to tell these people in Crete. Number three, do not be brawlers, fighters. Do not yell. Don't be angry and sin. No rioting. No arguing. No fighting through words or physical. Don't debate in anger, he says. Don't march. Don't do activism and loot and robber and burn and yell. Love. Even those you think are your enemy. Love. Don't look at their skin color or their sex. Love the spirit. Love. Forgive. Love. Let God do the vengeance. He'll take care of the spirits. You look past the physical body. Past the souls, you go to the spirit. Love, love. Number four, be gentle, soft-spoken, overflowing in love. Many pastors and teachers yell. They point that finger at you. I just saw them, and they're loud. They're angry. They're trying to show they got the anointing and the power. They're trying to belittle you and beat you down. God never did that. Jesus never talked to anybody. No sinner, no believer. He did talk rough, 
to the righteous ones who were in tradition, the Jewish leaders, because they should know better. They could read and write and gone to Bible school. Those you can deal with a little rougher. But even them, they need love. Paul tells Titus, be overflowing with forgiveness, showing all meekness, a lack of resistance and power. Be non-threatening in words and actions to all of humanity. How do you reach an ISIS-K person? Drug cartel, love, quiet voice, no matter what, love. Speak words of love and forgiveness and love. Now let's pick up at verse number three of Titus 3, 1 through 8. Verse three, for we ourselves, Paul is writing to Titus in Crete. We're sometimes foolish ourselves. We were sometimes in our old life. Before we believed in Jesus, we were disobedient. We were deceived. We were serving diverse lust of our flesh and soul and our desires and pleasures. We were living in malice, anger and hatred and envy, jealousy and hating one another. That you probably is. Paul is reminding Titus how they were before they discovered and accepted the love of God themselves and his source and were cleansed from the blood of Christ Jesus on the cross. And the words were spoken and they believed him that Father forgive them for they know not what they do. Verse 4, but after that, after our own actions and deeds, our own thoughts and ideas, the kindness and the mercy and the pity, the forgiveness and love and the goodness of God, our Savior towards all humanity appeared unto us. Paul got it. In a bright light. God knew he could use him. He was not married. He was a warrior. He was learned. He could read and write Greek, Hebrew, probably Aramaic, maybe Latin. He had no family. So he would dedicate his life to the service of this God. Number five. Not by our works, Paul says, of what we think is righteous, good deeds, which we have done. But according to his, God's mercy, he saved us. We were a mess. By the washing of rebirth, regeneration from spiritual and physical death and the renewing of our spirit, our forever person, 
then our soul, who is to be the spirit's helpmate, and finally our outward body by the Holy Spirit. We would be made completely new. It would be progressive spirit to soul, soul to physical body. But we had to think differently, act differently. Verse 6, which God shed on us this forgiveness, this mercy from the cross through our belief in Christ Jesus as, as the Lamb of God who took away our sins. And through him we could believe in the Father as our Savior abundantly. Through Christ Jesus, the very words that were sent to us of God that were made flesh, he says, our Savior. The word of God was put on a cross. It became our Savior. Verse number seven. So that being justified spiritually by his, God's grace, we, Titus, should be made by a legal eternal covenant, justified spiritually by his, God's grace. Then we should be made in a legal, eternal covenant, his spiritual heirs of him and of the kingdom of heaven, according to the hope of eternal life. Not only are you forgiven, but you're now made heirs of the everlasting covenant of the king, of your father, of the kingdom of heaven. That's extra, but it's a part of it. Number eight, this Paul is writing to Titus in Crete, is a faithful saying, and these things I, Paul, will desire that you, Titus, affirm constantly so that they which are there in Crete and those that believe in God might be careful to maintain good works, not what we think our soul should be doing, but the good works that God says are good. These things are good and profitable unto all humanity. We're going to end here in this episode number six, lesson number three. Of what is love. Of the light and love broadcast show. Before we go back. To one of Paul's major letters. About agape love. We will continue next month. The third Friday. With another episode. Should be part eight. Or excuse me, should be episode eight, part number four of What is Love? And I want to read something 
that came on a Christmas card years ago. And I would Xerox it out. And it says, God's love is higher than the twinkling stars, purer than the whitest snow, brighter than the strongest candle, greater than we can even imagine. That is God's heart for us. It's more than you can ever imagine. What is love? It is a who. It is the heart of the heavenly father. And he slowly unfolds himself to us through his words, his deeds, his actions. He's a warrior and a fighter for you. And yet he laid down his life, paid a price for you, gave up his own life for you. There's a saying in the word, there's no greater love than one to lay down his own life for another. He did that on a cross because he loves you so much. So what is love? It is beyond space and time. It's for the spirit. There's human love. We know that for man to man, man to woman, woman to woman, humanity to animals. We can love nature. We can love our purposes, our jobs. But this love is different. It's eternal. Doesn't end in death. Just a father for a child. It's beyond even human love. It has no sex in it. None. We feel it a lot with children. Pets that love us. It's just a little glimpse of agape love to us. Our soul begins to see there is a love that's not sexual. It's not made because through our eyes. But it's genuine. So be encouraged. What is love? It's more than you know. And I'll see you again in the next Light and Love broadcast show. Live through Restream. Bye.